<laughs> Welcome back to the Who That Kids podcast. It's your boy RK. About to be joined by my boy JD Riley Way, and we're gonna do the the pregame, you know, the pregame pod here, and we're gonna have some fun with it. So uh, he'll be with us in a second, and we'll be right back. Let's go. Oh, we here on the Who That Kiss podcast. It's your boy RK rocking with. You know it. <laughs> my man came in suave today. Said you know it. <laughs> it is Saturday night though, before the game day, before kickoff. It's, it's actually su- it's actually Sunday morning, and you know what? It is. We've been it we've is. been struggling. Listen, Who That Kiss podcast listeners, we've been struggling to get on here. Life is catching us. It's a bad week. It's been a bad month with COVID and life and yada, yada, yada. But you know what? We're back on that, this, that, and the other, Mr. Holder. <laughs> um, we're back on this, this right? This, that, and the other. Yeah. That's a new podcast name now. Yeah, this, that, and the <laughs> other. We're back on it. And you know what? Um, let's just keep it sweet, keep it short, keep it sexy. You know, K-I-S. Um, so, Justin, we got the game coming up. We could talk about the minutia and go through all the specific details that make this a five-hour podcast, or we could talk about the basis and the elephants in the room. One of the elephants in the room, Alvin Kamara, just signed a $75 million contract, actually $77.33 million contract with incentives over five years with $34.3 million guaranteed second richest running back contract to get out there uh, next to CMC, which I think is actually pretty fair because they're both, you know, qualified pass catchers as well as very talented runners and exceptional athletes. I do feel like Christian McCaffrey does more for his team than Alvin Kamara does for our team because we also have the best wide receiver in football on our team. So it takes away from, I guess, the necessity. Workload. Yeah, the workload is just different. So, uh, what are your what are your initial what are your initial thoughts on the contract? Okay, the the most the most consistent number in Alvin Kamara is not even forty one. Eighty one. It's eighty one, bro. Yeah. Eighty one. Eighty one. Eighty one. How many people in the history of the game could be so consistent? Well, there's, five. there's a lot of okay, there's a, there's a lot of really good wide receivers like Tyler Boyd, AJ Green. There's a lot of guys that are out there. I just mentioned two Cincinnati Bengals. I guess I got the orange and black on the brain, but you know Michael Gallup. You can go Michael Gallup. You can go Cooper Cup. You can go a bunch of guys. They don't get eighty one catches. Eighty one catches in a year is quite a bit. Now uh, you know average yards per that, catch. That's, that's average yards per catch. Number two numbers, bro. Yeah, but yards per catch is different, and you know he's catching a lot of four yard passes and three yard passes and and whatever. But I'm saying, the point is the man's still catching the ball and he's moving the chains and he's doing a lot for this team. So how do you feel about the contract, um, in general? I love it. I, I think the the future is in the balance with what we have done. Obviously, Taysom Hill uh, can run RPO. He can run. You know, the typical Sean offense, if he has to. I'm, I'm still forgetting that Jameis is learning his first year in the system. And, and he might just lock into saying, you know what, guys? I like what you're doing here. It's uh, year two. Give me four mil. I'll do it again for you guys. And, and who knows then what happens if you have Jameis backing up Tameis. Jameis and Tameis. That's a, <laughs> that's a pretty good duo. Like, I, I'll never, I'll never distrust anyone named Jameis and Tameis. Um, but but the ball's flinging, and you 
Kamara and you have Mike as a guarantee. No offense is better guarantee at this point. Yeah, you 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 brought up Jameis, and that's kind of the the point for me is that Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are both locked in for quite a bit, and I feel like market value for Alvin Kamara, and I feel like we got a steal of a deal by signing Michael Thomas when we did. Uh, looking at D Hop's new contract and all the contracts that are going to come up for wide receivers in the future, if we can sign Jameis um, to a team friendly contract, uh, you know, a two year deal or or a three year deal next year when Drew's gone, or if we even go with Taysom, um, either way, I I feel like we have a good foundation going on offense, especially with the young offensive line. I think we'll obviously upgrade with left tackle and hopefully Throckmorton's that guy. Or, you know, any, Ethan Greenridge or whoever. Like, any of the guys that we have right now in the system um, that aren't playing. Hopefully those are the guys that are waiting in the wings to, you know, supplant Toronto Armstead. And we just don't know it yet because they haven't had the opportunity. Um, I, I do feel like the contract was fine. Um, seeing Dalvin Cook's, you know, 12.6. And seeing, you know, mixing with his 12. I feel like Alvin Kamara being a pass catcher, a bona fide pass catcher, as well as a, a very great running back. Um, between the tackles and the outside, everything, just all together. I, I think the number's fair. I, I think the number's accurate. I think his share and his workload are going to go up now because he's being paid for it. And I think he's going to, hopefully, like you had said, this is your, I will quote you, out of all the podcasts I listen to, I listen to Hudak Confessional, I listen to Ross Jackson, who I think is one of the best in the game um, on Locked On Sports. I listen to Chris Ross Volglu. I listen to... You know, I, I read Barry's stuff. I, I listen to um, Nick Underhill on NOF. You know, like, I listen to a lot of guys. You were the first person to make a point about the culture changing because of Mike Thomas and how he got paid, and he said, listen, I'm going to show you why I got paid. Not, not not I got paid and I relax. I'm going to show you why I got paid. And you were, the first person, you were the first person to bring that to light, and I feel like that's a culture change for this team. And I'm really hoping that this is the case and we see Mike and Alvin both ball up because then you know what guys are actually going to want to get paid by us because they're going to be like this is you listen you get paid here you go and show up that why you got paid not you get paid and you just dip out and obviously you're going to get some clowns that are going to try and get paid from us but i have a feeling that our front office and Mickey Loomis with his matrix math and Sean Payton with his evaluation they're not they're not going to pay a guy that's not going to actually want to show out so that's a credit to you and, and something that you saw, Justin. Um, you know, the way that Mike went about, you know, proving the fact that he got that money and just went and balled out and set records. I think Alvin Kamara could be in the same in the same facet this year and do the same thing. You know, barring that he stays healthy, knock on wood. But, uh... Now, listen, um, one, one thing about that, too, is that every photo that Mike has posted about AK and his contract, has been those two dapping it up. <laughs> those two know that they complement each other so well that if, if you put those two on one side of the field, what's happening? Oh. You, you, you have one guy doubling one and the other one in single coverage. If you put AK in single against a, a nickel corner... Who's winning that battle? Oh, stop it, stop it. We know this already. This is this is like this exactly. this is Mickey Mouse. This is Mickey Mouse. You know what I want to see tomorrow? Do you know what I'm excited to see tomorrow? I'm okay. excited to see Mike move into the slot. AK start in the backfield. AK move into the slot. Emmanuel Sanders pop out to the Z. <laughs> and then have okay, Jared listen. and then and then have Jared Cook move out wide. 
and then Deontay Harris on the field. I want to see those five guys as our weapons, and I want to see. I'm very curious to see what to see what. Oh, to see what a rookie safety and and what is it, Carlton Davis? I'm interested to see. Listen, Carlton, Will can't save you today. See what I'm saying? Uncle Phil can't save you today. Aunt Viv can't save you today. Like Carlton, both have a long. Oh, he about to be DJ Jazzy Jeff tomorrow. Forget the Carlton, but yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. But you know, segue into the segue into the game tomorrow. No, wait, wait, one moment. Before I fell asleep last night, okay, okay. I had these visions. I, I had these weird dreams. It was like faces haunting me, like in and out, like I'm here, I'm not here. One thing that popped up was this: if we put this combination in a five-wide set. Oh, good luck. So Drew's Drew's locked and loaded. We have our five studs at O L, ready to block the hell out of the Tampa Bay front seven. If we put on the left side, Michael Thomas split out wide, we have Jared Cook, and then we have Ty Montgomery. But guess what? On the right side, we have AK-41 and Deontay Harris running a go route. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's just it's just have fun. But even, but even if you take out Ty Montgomery and you put in Benny Fowler or Emmanuel, Sa- Emmanuel Sanders, like you just... Pick your poison. How about this? How about this? Pick your poison. If we get three seconds of coverage, it's a minimum first down. You're mitigating the damage that you're gonna take in. And like, I love, I love it. I love it. Please keep on telling me all. Please keep on telling me about all of the Tampa Bay love and about how talented Chris Godwin is. And please keep telling me about the corpse of Rob Gronkowski and how he gives us trouble three years ago. I want, I want to know all of this. Bring on. Listen. The way the young kids talk, I want all the smoke. Bring all of the smoke. I am super excited to see exactly what we look like tomorrow on offense. I know our defense is going to show out. I think our communication at first is going to be a little bit off because Malcolm Jenkins is back there now. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly what that looks like with him, you know, at safety versus C.D. Deuce and, and Marcus Williams back there, which what it, which is what it was going to be. But, uh... Listen, he's a veteran. Demario Davis, I feel like, is going to lead the chant tomorrow. I feel like Cam is going to lift us. I feel like Sheldon Rankins is super excited to prove to prove that he's off that injury. And, he, and he's well, and he wants to get paid next year, and he's a little bit salty. He didn't get that fifth-year option. So, um... The, the fan game is going to hurt us a lot. I think it's More fine. I think it's fine. I think they're pumping the noise in. And from what I read... Sean, yeah, Sean, Sean shut the noise off because he's like, that's fine. We're good. Guys like Craig Robertson were wilding out to it. I, I listened to Catherine Terrell talk about it, and she said it's fine. Th- th- listen, I'm not ex- these guys are all vets. We got a couple of young bucks on the team. Like These guys are all vets, Justin. We're not in a situation where we need to be like, please get us excited. These guys are excited. They want a Super Bowl. They don't, they're not interested in week one. That's the best part about it. They're not interested in week one. They don't need the accolades of beating Tom. They don't give a shit about beating Tom Brady. You feel me? They don't care about beating Tampa. They know they have to beat Tampa to achieve their final goal. All these guys are, are looking for a Super Bowl. So the the whole fan aspect of it, this is business as usual for these boys tomorrow. And I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to come back on this and do the post game. And I think we're going to both look at it and laugh and be like, business as usual. That was a clinic. And I have a feeling that's what we're going to be talking about. 
But anyways, let's 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 get into the game. Let's get into the game. I have questions yeah. for you. I have questions. Yeah. We're gonna wrap up these. Okay, Caesar Ruiz is out. How do you feel about our offensive line going into the game? Uh, Caesar, like, why are the number ones so conflicted? <laughs> why can't those guys just like come in, do their job, exit out, and say good game to y'all? Why? Why is he having a neck injury, or is it, is it neck? Uh. I don't know. I know Dab's an elbow. I know Dab's an elbow. I thought his was an ankle. No, no, he's an ankle. Caesar's an ankle. He's an ankle. He was pumping in like snaps in the center, moved to right guard, and now all of a sudden he's like hurt. Like, what the hell between that transition happened? So here, here's my question for you. You're you're worried about Caesar, right? Which is fair. So it's like a noticeable it's a noticeable omission because we're expecting him to play because he's a first round draft pick, right? Nick Easton's been in the system now for two years. Nick Easton was a starter on a very good Minnesota Vikings team with Adrian Peterson. He's now two and a half years removed from a neck injury. Do you not feel pretty confident that we're sliding in a veteran? That's that's pretty well paid. He's pretty well paid veteran. Pretty well paid veteran. To a spot where he knows the rookie's gonna come and take his spot, so he's feeling like he has to perform anyways to maybe try and make more money in the future, because this contract is the last year of Easton's contract, isn't it? So, so I I feel like the doom and gloom and the worry that I feel like on a lot of Saints Twitter and you know hearing on some of the podcasts people are talking about Caesar not being in and yada yada yada, I'm like. Eh. Let's maybe just pump the brakes on that one and, and, and take a step back because I have a feeling that you're looking at the situation being like, Nick Eason's not a bum. Hello? Yeah, I'm right here. So that, that's, my, that's my opinion on Easton. What about you? I feel that Caesar was going to take on the spot of what do you feel about the running back the running back uh, depth chart that we got going into this game we got Latavius we got AK and we got Ty well the man can be happy AK is going for like 220 well Um, Latavius look at that dirty work in in the red zone Well, do you think Ty's going to actually have an effect in this game? For sure. Well, I wonder, I wonder what we're going to actually plan because my argument was that we didn't keep six wide receivers because Ty was going to be the sixth receiver. Um, the defensive line, we have no Davenport. I feel pretty, pretty banged up about the idea that Davenport's not going to be active week one. I don't, I don't want to call him injury prone, but I'm pretty pissed off that he's not playing week one. What are your thoughts on that? Um, ben, Dav has been so inconsistent. It's like a, the, the two first we put towards grabbing this dude. It's not paid dividends. It, it's, uh, I'm not going to say waste yet, but Well, I just feel like 
they couldn't get him going. Elias made a good point saying he's a length guy. You know, he's all about, you know, getting his arms and bull rushing and, you know, extending himself out. And with a bad elbow, he can't do that. So maybe this injury is not super devastating, but it's just something he can't, he can't be effective with in week one for us. He's not a guy with a ton of moves, right? Like he's more of an athletic guy that kind of breaks down and just goes and bull rushes and gets his hands on you because he's long and, and gets to a spot. So, I don't know. I, I, I was talking to you earlier. I think Carl Grandison's going to have a big role in this game. I don't think Trey Hendrickson's going to be a guy that's going to play the majority. My, my hot take is that I think Carl Grandison's going to play more snaps than Trey Hendrickson in this game. But, um, yeah. Anyways, we're getting we're getting position by position here. I I kind of got off on a tangent here. Kind of got distracted. But, um, how how do you see this game going tomorrow? Like, what's your what's your thoughts on this game? How do you how do you feel like the game is gonna go for you? Tomorrow, I I think like the Saints go out big. Like twenty one ten. Okay. And then all of a sudden. Tom Brady like clicks and it becomes like a 24 21 kind of game and the Saints pull it out though at uh, 31-28 mm. you think that close eh? yeah yeah like I'm not I'm not buying it I feel like the same way that the hype with the Cleveland Browns came about um, last year I feel like this Tampa Bay is kind of following the same format. They're adding in a lot of guys. Like this Tampa Bay team in 2016 would have been amazing. But we're in 2020. And even my dog agrees. I don't know if you just heard the bark. Um, We're in a spot right now where like this isn't a team that you're going to be sitting there going a 30 plus old tight end, 43 year old quarterback, a banged up Mike Evans if he even plays. A rookie tackle. Like, it just, there's a lot of pieces that where I'm saying, I can find the holes. And if you're a good coach in the NFL, you should also be able to find the holes. Right? So, the way I see the game going is I think the Saints are going to go... They'll probably punt their first series. You know, get us nice and nervous. Tampa Bay will probably come up 3 nothing. Move the ball a little bit. But then I see us piling on 21. Maybe taking a 21-6 to halftime lead. And then in the second half, really piling it on. I could I could honestly see us scoring... Call it 35. 38-20 is my final score. And people start talking about the fact that Tom Brady threw two interceptions in this game and was sacked five times and that the Saints defense might be for real. Now, my only... Here's, here's, here's one narrative that bothered me too, though, is, is this, that the, the Saints don't win. So now the Bucks are like the, the cream, right? The other side of that, though, is that the Bucks, you know, lose and the Saints are like, oh... Maybe a team that's not yet jelling. Yeah, but I, we're not stupid. We're not going to buy into all the narratives that you're going to get on you know, your sports talk radio. I think that we're looking at a situation where, like, it's game one. The Saints have lost game one and gone 13-3 and three 
two of the last four seasons. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't this isn't the end all, hear all, be all in the situation. But I'm telling you, Justin, I I think people are overvaluing the moves that Tampa Bay has made. Like, there's there's going to be some regression on that defense. Like, Shaq Barrett's not getting 20 sacks this year. You know what I mean? JPP's another year older. And Dominican Sue is older than me. So, you, you have to put in perspective, like, yes, they're good. They're formidable. They're not a bad team. But you're talking about most analysts out there right now. If you're to pull it, and I'm just going to throw a number out there, call it 80% are picking the Saints to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. We have the most talented roster, top to bottom, in the NFL. We don't have the best players, but we have the most talented roster at per position in the NFL. You can argue that Mahomes is a better quarterback than Drew Brees. Sure, I'll, I'll listen to the argument. I agree. Mahomes is, is something special. You can argue that Tyreek Hill might be just as effective or more effective than Michael Thomas. I understand your argument because in that system it works. But look at our defense. Look at the studs we got at every single pivotal position that we have. We are ready to go, and I think we're ready to go. So I, I think a thirty-eight to I think a thirty-eight to twenty game is more realistic in my head than a thirty-one to twenty-eight game because I don't think Tampa Bay is as talented as us. And unfortunately, when you get two people in a fight, you know, the strongest person usually coming on top. You know, you can, there's always, there's, I'm not going to say definitively we're going to win, but if I'm going to guess, if I'm going to prognosticate. <laughs> uh, no, if you go like position versus position, like it's like my team versus two. Carlton, Carlton Davis, Davis is, is the guy. Yeah, it's not happening. Bring back Vernon Hargreaves. No. Bring back Warren Hargraves the foot. Like AK against Levante David. That might be a little bit tougher. It, it, I like Levante. In the, in the flat. In the flat. Well, it's going to be Devin White. Devin White will be the guy that would probably be spying Kamara. But that, still. No, no nonsense. That's fine. Yeah. What about like Deontay Harris versus uh, the third string cornerback? No, it's no contest. We saw what happened in camp. Exactly. So... Yeah, there's no contest. So, uh, only detriment might be the run game where they, like, Sue and Pierre v- Paul. Vita Vey, Vita Vey. Down. They got Vita Vey, too, the young guy. He's really talented. And Vita Vey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's also solid, too. Yeah, but listen. So, uh, our interior game might be tough. Yeah, but we're not running it interior. And Sean said. Exactly. Sean said, Andres, lose some weight. We'll pay you. He did. We got rid of Warford. Easton looks svelte, by the way. I'm big on Easton this year. I don't know if you can tell. I'm big on Easton. I wanted to cut the guy in the offseason, but this guy worked his butt off and showed up to camp. He he looks something good. Cesar should be the dude, though, man. And he probably will be. But guess what? We're not not at a loss for it. They did a good job with their roster buildup by bringing in a guy that actually wants to play football and who's talented. And I'm telling you, I honestly could see us running the ball to prove a point tomorrow. We get up, we get up by two scores. I could see us pounding that rock. Like I really could see that. I could see Drew going twenty-one for twenty-four tomorrow. Two seventy-five, four touchdowns, and the rest is just running. 
So. Yeah. Yeah, so close to it. <laughs> um. Have you watched any ball without fans yet? I watched a couple college games today. And, like, I poked my head in. It was kind of weird. It's going to be even more weird inside of a dome. I hope we adapt something, um, adopt something like the NBA did with the virtual fans. That was kind of yeah, that was kind of cool. Not yet happening though. Yeah. I I, I watched um, I watched oh, obviously uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah. Richmond Cajuns take down Iowa State today. That was pretty cool. Yeah, man, it was awesome. Um, the fans <laughs> not being there had a huge impact because usually Iowa State is a a pretty big like home field advantage, right? So. Um, I watched them. I also watched like Texas San Antonio win without fans, and Clemson pumped Wake Forest, of course. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that should happen though with with Travis at the end. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. It, I'm curious to see how the the dome effect becomes a part of our game because if you walk into the dome. You're already down five points. But guess what? If we need that five points, because we're we're not as talented as the team that we're playing against, I could see you being worried. But guess what? We are more talented than the team we're playing. We have a younger oh, yeah, co- we have our, a younger quarterback. Listen, we've been arguing. You and I have both been beating this beating this drum on the head. Drew Brees has been a better quarterback than Tom Brady. Tom Brady has had a better defense than Drew Brees, which has got him Super Bowls by field goals. Tom Brady has not walked into the Super Bowl and dubbed a team. Like, Tom Brady's not walking in and winning a Super Bowl, you know, by 17 points leading that offense down the field repeatedly. Tom Brady has won a bunch of Super Bowls where they, his offense has scored two touchdowns. That's it. And then they've won by a field goal. So, Tom, Tom Brady's been blessed with the ability of having top 10 defenses, sometimes top 5 defenses, and that Bill Belichick system, and he's just done his job. Drew Brees has had 31st, 30, 29th ranked defenses and gotten to the playoffs. The year that we won the Super Bowl, we won the turnover margin. Like, it, it was just a weird year. We just got a lot. Darren Sharper, the man who shall not be named, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he did his thing and got some touchdowns for us on defense, and there was a lot of turnovers that year with regards to fumbles, etc., but... Drew has never had that opportunity that Tom's had with those defenses. And now I think Drew's going to get that this year. And we're going to see how that shoe feels on, uh, on Tom's feet versus being on Drew's. Because Drew's, Drew's going to have what Tom's had before. And Tom's going to have what Drew had. Because I feel like that, that Tampa Bay defense is going to regress a bit. So, yeah, man, I'm pumped. I don't know about you. I'm, it's, it's very early in the morning been going all day and I'm just I'm I'm pretty jacked up to to catch this game I can't wait man I'm so pumped I, I brought like the old uh, Twitter video like, the rage the <laughs> rage yeah. you know yeah yeah it, it's been playing all day so that's awesome I know well it's gonna, it's gonna be my son's first recollection of watching his dad, go, of watching his dad go nuts uh, during the super or during the during the season opener here. I said Super Bowl. You see that Freudian slip? We're going to the Super Bowl, bro. Oh, are we not? 
to. It, we have to be. We have to be. I mean, I mean, our actual body presence says yes. And you know what I want? I want us to go against Baltimore in the Super Bowl since we did that podcast, the group of podcasts where we're like our favorite non-Saints team. And we all chose Baltimore pretty much. So it'd be interesting to see us go against Baltimore in that Super Bowl final. Okay, so... At the same time... Yeah. You know what? I don't know. and Mark Ingram fucking either of us. That's a whole thing. Yeah, but Sean might put him in their place. You know what I mean? That might be all right, too. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so your prediction, 31-28 tomorrow? 31-28, man. Okay, offensive and defensive star of the game. Who you got? I got AK for 215. Uh, and two touchdowns. Nice. And for DPY, I'll go with... Uh, oh, man, that's tough. Onyemata. Okay. He's, he's, got, he's got two sacks okay. and two tackles for loss. Okay. Okay, I like that. Is that, is that fair? Is that's, that fair? That's that's different. I I didn't I know you were gonna go there. You hit me with something. I'm, I'm two sacks and two TFLs, man. From inside, that's that's a that's a big game from inside. The big game. Um, dang. He's getting paid tomorrow. <laughs> that's well, he already got paid, so that'd be the another one of those. Yeah, be another, he's justifying the pay. Yeah, that'd be another one of those guys that to justify their pay. Um, for me. I got Jared Cook. Like I said, I got Jared, I got Jared Cook for four, four for forty-eight and two touchdowns. And I have a feeling that uh, both of those touchdowns are going to be gigantic. They're going to be oh early, early in the game, and I think that he's just going to make a couple of How first. How much fun is going to be tomorrow? <laughs> and then oh I got. My God, bro. And then I got uh, on defense. I got Jack Rabbit letting the world know. I'm a New Orleans Saint with two interceptions and sh- and shutting and shutting Chris him and PJ Williams shutting down Chris Godwin. Uh CD Deuce, CD Deuce will get some of that as well, but uh I have a feeling that Chris Godwin's going to go for you know, three catches, maybe 64 yards or you know, around there but no touchdowns and just a pretty pedestrian day. Like if you're going by fantasy rankings, he gets like 9 points and that's not what you're expecting. That's not what you're expecting from the you know, the rankings of what they have, and they have him as the, the fifth best um, wide receiver in the NFL for fantasy rankings. So if we hold him to three catches, wow. we hold him to three that catches, is. that's that's what I want. So I got I got my boy Jack Rabbit showing up with two picks tomorrow. Two picks? Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Two-zero tattooed or what? Listen, I'm telling you right now, I, I love seeing the 2-0 right there. It makes me happy. Okay. Did you order those, uh, those shirts? What's that? Did you order those shirts? What shirts? Jerseys. Oh, the jersey. I'm waiting for you. We gotta order some jerseys. We gotta do that. We gotta, we gotta get some jerseys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gotta get me. I gotta get me an Emmanuel Sanders. I probably gotta get me a Troutman because he gonna be there for a minute. And I might want to do the white on white with the uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, you know, this he gonna be there for a minute now. I'm thinking the black Colston for myself. 
2009 represent? That's what I need, though. You know what? Let's let's. I, run. I have gold. I have a white. I need black. Yeah, you gotta get the whole. You gotta get the whole collection. That's your guy. Right. That's my guy. Um. Quickly going around the NFL. Any any stories around the NFL? Like I know for me, Von Miller going out. Um. That changes the landscape of what's going on. And like you see some of these injury reports. Uh, going around the NFL and and the injured reserve being used now because of the three days or sort of the three weeks that it is now versus the you know, the previously, you know, pretty stringent injury reserve rules that they had. Um, what are your thoughts with w- what's going on in the NFL with some of these injuries and, and then the makeups of some of these teams? That's tough. Um, I, I'm trying to think about who is impacted so much by that factor. Like well, I think, I, think, I think Denver's the biggest one, right? Because like Denver was kind of a sleeper pick from a lot of people saying they could be a lot oh, better yeah. than we thought. That, that offense should be fire. Yeah, like like Cleveland, all their DBs are hurt right now except for Denzel Ward, I think. Like all the other DBs, they're down to like practice squad guys starting this weekend. So, yeah. like you, you got a lot of teams that are, that are bumping a lot of injuries. So it's going to be interesting to see without camp, like a proper camp and without preseason, how many more injuries we have, especially soft tissue things, you know, hamstrings and, you know, you know calves and, and, and quadriceps, like just kind of, you know, pulling a bit. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what we have. I, hopefully we stay healthy. And Sean made a point of, of saying we're not going to bring guys in right when we have to. Make sure you're in shape. And he kind of put out a directive. And guys, from what I've heard, came in in great shape. I didn't hear about anybody coming in fat, which was awesome. Um, so hopefully that, uh, you know, pays dividends and that's kind of where I was getting with that comment. Hopefully we're, uh, we're ready to go and our guys are healthy and, and we, we get to really enjoy our first week because it's, it's been a pretty stressful first week for the last five years, hasn't it? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. And, anyways, my man, let's, uh, let's hit him out of here. This one's a little bit longer than we wanted to go, but. I got him tomorrow, thirty-one twenty. You got him thirty-one twenty-eight. We both got him scoring the same amount of points. Let's enjoy it, man. It's gonna be great. We'll hit them up with a post a post game pod at the end of it. And uh, yeah, man, keep it simple, Saints fans. It's your boy RK, rocking with JD, and we out. <laughs>